had heard that my new boss, Paula, was difficult to work for. I met her and I didn't think she looked all that scary. I mean, God, she was a fat girl like me. I mean, she reminded me a lot of the women I went to college with, you know, quick to smile, easy laugh, that kind of thing. But after our first conversation, I realized we, we weren't going to be friends. We ended the conversation with her saying, I'm not going to coddle you. I expect you to do your job. Well, my job at that time was at the Mofon Company, where I worked, where I had worked for almost 25 years. I'd never had a problem with a boss or co-workers, but I was about to go into a, a customer service office, not as a customer service representative, but as a clerical person who monitored the customer service representatives. My job was to sit at a computer and watch the activities of 101 service reps, whether they were on their phone, not on their phone, whether they were taking a break, maybe taking a break that was too long, that kind of thing. And it was my job to also answer the phone and take uh, time off the calls, requests, and to make sure that all of these changes were put into the schedule so that at the end of the day, everything was exactly as it had happened. Now, we had three incoming lines that all rung at the same time. And the job was just multitasking to the max. It seemed like little decisions had to be made every five seconds. Uh, you know, are you going to answer the phone? Are you going to change the schedule? Are you going to call that rep and tell them to open their key? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? And when I was being trained with Paula standing behind me, it seemed like no matter what decision I made, it was the wrong one. Now, needless to say, this was a stressful situation. <laughs> and when I get stressed, I get frustrated. And when I give, get frustrated, I give voice to my frustration. I mean, after all, I'm a child of the 60s. I believe in free expression, <laughs> which usually amounted to me saying, God damn it, and slamming my pen down and kicking the wastebasket. <laughs> Now, I had been warned in previous situations like this, Julie, keep it down. The customers are going to hear you. And I would, you know, I'd have my little hissy fit, and then I, I'm going to be fine, and, you know, it was, it was okay. <coughs> I didn't think much about it. I mean, I, I didn't swear at people. I didn't abuse other individuals. It, it was just me letting off steam. And, of course, in this new job, that would happen. Damn it. I missed that call. Damn it! I wasn't doing it. Damn it, I did something wrong again! Unfortunately, my little outbursts were not seen to be harmless. No, Paula decided that I had the potential for creating violence in the workplace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you all laughed. <laughs> Under the circumstances, it, it was funny. It's funny now when I think about it. But it was a very serious deal. As I said, I, I had almost achieved 25 years of service with the company. And on that service anniversary, which was going to be coming up in a few months, I would not only have my 25 years, I would have uh, a certain amount of age uh, accrued. And I would be pension eligible. I could retire. 
got so bad in the office that I wasn't sure I was going to make it. My violent outbursts began to lead to warnings, verbal warnings, and then written warnings. And when a warning came in, that meant you had to meet with the union steward and you had to discuss the issue and decide what are you going to do to change your behavior, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I was scared. I was genuinely scared. I thought I was going to lose my job. I would lose a big part of my pension. I, I tried really, really hard to change my behavior. I was glad to have the union there, although they weren't really all that helpful. I mean, it got to the point where it was just them saying, Julie, you got to suck it up. <laughs> I mean, you know, leave, leave your problems at home. Leave it at the door. Didn't they understand that I didn't bring my problems in? They were right there in the office. <laughs> it, was getting, it, it was getting pretty bad. And it just, you know, it, it just got worse and worse. Finally, they, you know, they asked me, Julie, on your next visit, you know, to your doctor, do you think maybe you could like ask for some mood enhancing drugs? You know, maybe something to calm you down a little bit. And I said, I, I, would, I would ask my doctor, and I, I see my doctor on a regular basis for other issues, and so I, I, I would be seeing him within the next few weeks. But actually, one of the stewards actually came to me and said, Julie, if I drive you to your doctor's office today, <laughs> could you ask for some free samples? <laughs> I said, no. They also sent me to an anger management counselor. She was really nice. And really reasonable, too. <laughs> well, it just seemed to be getting worse and worse, and I realized that it wasn't just me. My coworkers were having problems, too. They were, they were constantly being corrected, constantly being, being harassed. One of, the, one of my coworkers, who was close to my age, was about to ask for a 10-day job search. And what that means is you tell the company you want a new job, regardless of what it is, and they have to find it for you in 10 days. And if they don't find it for you, you quit. Now, fortunately, he didn't go through with it, but he had threatened. And I think the worst of all was one young clerk who had been working in the office even before we transferred in. He was so nervous, so scared. I can remember him you know, trying to do his job and, and being watched and, and, and just sitting there bouncing his leg because he was so nervous. He made a lot of mistakes. He ended up getting fired. It just seemed to get worse and worse. And pretty soon, we were all making mistakes, you know? Bad mistakes. And what was Paula's solution to all this? Oh, well, instead of, not, instead of just, just doing the tasks that we had to do, which were so many, she wanted us to stop and write down every time we did it. She wanted us to log our, our work so that she could go back and check it later. And of course, if we didn't log it, there would be consequences. Well, about that time, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Word got to the district manager. And he created two minor solutions to the problems. First of all, he took our three phone lines, which we had to answer each line on the third ring, you know, and he put them all together into a queue so that the calls coming in came in one after another after another. We didn't have three, three lines ringing off the hook at once. And he also created another management position just above Paula in the structure. So Paula had a boss. 
And this woman who took the job was just a delight. She was a young uh, business major from the University of Pennsylvania. She was fair. She knew how to listen to people. She had skills. She was fantastic. And she listened to everything that we, the underlings, had to say. And I think she got the, the word real fast that most of the problems were being caused by one particular source. Well, about that time also, Paula became very sick. She, she came down with pneumonia and had to take about a month off. And it was astounding how the office ran so well <laughs> in that month that she was gone. It was, it was kind of a fun place to be, actually. Quite nice. I heard other things about Paula, too, how she had denied people family leave. And, and when she'd been in the union, she'd actually, when she got out of the union, became management, she, she gave her union records to the management. I mean, just nasty little things like this. I, and I couldn't understand you know, why anybody would act like this. And I, it just seemed so strange. But anyway. She was gone for a month, and, and when she came back, things seemed to be going along pretty well until one day she came up to me and she said, Julie, somebody heard you slam your pen down and say an expletive. <laughs> now, understand, I had been trying really hard not to do that kind of thing. I mean, I've really been trying to keep it under control. I'd been taking my drugs. <laughs> I really was trying. And I had absolutely no immediate memory of having done that. And, but it, it scared me, because this was like almost the last warning. And, and so I went immediately to the union stewards and said, hey, she's going to say X, Y, Z, and I have no memory of this. And the funny thing was, the complaint never got officially filed. I don't think the incident I think it was just another turn of the knife to keep me on my toes. Well, somehow or other, I made it to my 25th service anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> we had pizza, and I, took, and I took two weeks off because I just wanted to decide what I was going to do. Was I going to stay with this crazy office, or was I going to you know, make my way into the other side of the world? Well, things had gotten better. And I think it was probably the, the presence of the new manager who was such a great person. And I, I decided, I'll stick it out a little longer. No, I'll stick it out. Well, at the end of my two weeks vacation, I called in the office to say, yeah, to find out what my schedule was going to be, because at that time we had slightly different hours. And I talked to my friend, my, my, my friend who had thought he was going to do a 10-day job search. And he, he said, Julie, Julie, they fired Paula. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I got off the phone, I hung up the phone, and at first I thought, oh, well, it'll be kind of like it was when she was gone for that month when she was ill. And then all of a sudden I just kind of started laughing. It was like, <laughs> she's gone. <laughs> she's gone and she's not coming back. <laughs> and and, and, and I, can, I, I can take the wastebasket again, and I can slide my bed down, and I can say, God damn it, if I want to. And, and it was, for like three days, I would burst out laughing for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
partner had no idea, you know, what, what I was doing. I believe he did understand what I was doing, but it was like, okay, honey, you gotta calm down now, you gotta calm down. Uh, well, I went back to work there and things, things were good. I stayed in that department for another two years until I actually received a transfer into a job that I had been wanting from since the time I had started, you know, 25 years previous. And I went off to do other things. And I would hear rumors about Paula from time to time about how she'd gotten another job at another communications company and this, that, and the other. And then, and then I heard that she was sick. I heard this, you know, every now and then, and, and at one time I, read, I ran into a manager from the old office, and the manager said, yeah, she's, she's really sick. She, she has cancer. She has cancer of the spine. And I got to thinking. I remembered how the young man that had been fired, how somehow he found out when Paula had pneumonia, somebody had told him, and his response was, I hope she dies. And I can remember when, when I heard that, I, 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 myself, I, it's like I, I pulled my claws back in and I thought, yo, you know, I've come really dangerously close to hating this woman, but I didn't want her to die. And now, here she was, really sick. I thought about her a lot. I had no contact with her or anything like that, but I, I thought a lot about her. And I thought, God, what was it that happened to her in her life that made her the way she was? What gave her this attitude of, get them before they get you? It had to have been something really, really, really bad. I was thinking about her one night. I was laying in bed. And I thought, you know, I've got to let this go. Whatever she was, it wasn't her fault. And I said out loud, Paula, I forgive you. The next day I went to work and I opened my email and was announcement that she had passed away the night before. And I've often thought maybe, maybe those words that I said, maybe that was something that needed to be said at that moment. But the saddest part of the story of all is that, you know, she'd been a fat girl just like me. She did like to laugh, maybe inappropriately, <laughs> but doggone, under the other, under better circumstances, we could have really been friends.